Welcome back to The Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor at Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. Right now, we're working our way through the book of 1 Peter, an incredible letter written to a group of people who had been exiled from their home in order to give them hope and to remind them of the hope that they have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're up to verse 4 today, and it's uh, part of a a longer sentence that runs from verse 3 all the way through verse 12. So I'm going to read that whole section this morning, and then I'll pray and offer a few comments on 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. This is what Peter writes. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Most gracious fathers, we spend time today looking at your word. I ask that you would guide us by your spirit, that I may speak and that we all may hear in his power. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, as I said in the original Greek, this is all one long sentence from 1 Peter 1, verse 3, all the way down through verse 12. In English, for us to be able to make sense of it, we've uh, broken it up, and it's typically written in various sentences. We've worked our way up through the first verse of this long structure uh, here, looking at verse 3. It took us several days to do that because there's a lot that Peter packs in to this very first thought that he's giving to the elect exiles. He's laying out here all of the theology that he will unpack through the rest of the letter. And so today we're up to verse 4. We've already seen that what God has done, he's done according to his mercy, and the thing that he has done is he has caused us to be born again into a living hope. And secondly, into an inheritance. And it's this inheritance that we're going to look at today. We talk here at Christ Church Conway a lot about the realities of hope, identity, and security. We saw that with the new birth comes a new identity. And part of that new identity is us being born again into a living hope. There's the hope. Well, this inheritance brings in the security piece. So we have here, the, the result of the gospel is this unbelievable identity, hope, and security that we have as the people of God. This is important because oftentimes when we look at why it is that we sin, why it is that we deal with anxiety, why it is that we deal with struggle. It's because we live with this sense that our security, our hope, and our identity 
are threatened, are challenged, or have been taken away altogether. And we feel that we must go out and get them for ourselves. The gospel reminds us that this is simply not true. What a glorious statement. What what comfort there is found in realizing that our identity has been given to us because God has caused us to be born again. We have been born into a living hope based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ, so that can't be undone either. And now we're told that we have been born into an inheritance, but not just any inheritance. It's an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Those are the first three things we learn about it. It's one thing for us to have an inheritance that is subject to the ups and downs of the stock market or whatever other conditions of the world may change. Inheritances can be lost quite easily in in all reality. We look back at Israel and their inheritance of the land and we read these words regarding that from Wayne Grudem. He says, The inheritance of the new covenant Christian is thus shown to be far superior to the earthly inheritance of the people of Israel in the land of Canaan. That earthly land was not kept for them, but was taken from them in exile, and later by Roman occupation. Even while they possessed the land, it produced rewards that decayed, rewards whose glory faded away. The beauty of the land's holiness before God was repeatedly defiled by sin. We see this if we just think back on the story of Israel. Their inheritance was not one that you could say was imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. It faded gloriously. We're told the same thing in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. We read this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, the reality of whatever treasure we can find on this earth is that it is perishable, it is defilable, and it is fading. That's the glory, that's the difference of this inheritance that we have provided for us in Christ Jesus, is that it is true security. It won't be lost, it won't even be diminished in the slightest. You are secure. All that you need has been provided. All that you could want has been given to you in Christ. And it will not be lost. It will not be diminished. It does not need to be added to. For one who is undefiled has secured it for us. And so we, as Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, we, the perishable seed, will put on the imperishable. See, we will be kept for this inheritance. We're going to talk more about that in the coming days as Peter dives into that reality. But notice what else he says about this inheritance. It's imperishable, it's undefiled, and it's unfading. And then he adds, it is kept in heaven for you. This inheritance, again, cannot be lost. It's kept for you. This is the the glory of this inheritance and why the, the gospel provides such profound security is that it's not up to us to keep it. God keeps it. It is kept in heaven for us. 
We think of the security that banks provide. We put our money in the bank and they keep it for us. And it's insured and all of these different things so that it's guaranteed to be there. Yet we know at different times in history we've seen even banks fail. And so it's even that is a, a somewhat of a paltry analogy, but it gives us some idea. If my money's in my home, it can be easily stolen. If it's in the bank, it's significantly more difficult. So I give it to the bank and they keep it for me. This is a far safer bank, a far richer inheritance kept in heaven for us. There's so much security that comes with that, isn't there? Is this how you think about your future? Is this how you process your present? That, that there's nothing that can be taken away from the inheritance that has been provided for you by Christ? Or, like we so often do, have you fallen into the trap of thinking, great, Jesus has provided something for me, now I must keep it. I must do the work to make sure I hang on to what has been freely provided for me. We weren't the only ones to think this way, if we do think this way. Indeed, Paul writes to the Galatians and rebukes them, wondering have what they begun in the Spirit, are they now going to continue in the flesh? How foolish that is to think that what has been freely given to us, what we have can begun in the spirit that somehow what is now required is that we continue in the flesh, that somehow we've been given this inheritance that now we have to keep for ourselves. No, no, a thousand times no, that is not the gospel. The gospel tells us it has been provided and more than that, it is being kept for you. You're not the one who guards the inheritance that you have been given in Christ. What joy there is, what perfect security there is in knowing not only that it has been given freely, but that it is kept for us so that we can't lose it. This is the security that you have in Christ. Here it is, the hope the identity, the security that we have in Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. My dear Christian, you have an identity in Christ. You have been given a new hope through his resurrection, and you are secure because the inheritance that you have been given through the gospel is kept for you. You can rest in Christ. Even in this life, even in the face of this suffering, you can rest knowing that all that you have, all that you need will be provided, that you have an identity, you have hope, and you are secure. Rest in that. Amen. Mm -hmm.